Okay. Hello, everyone. Oh, my little clicker. Thank you. The adventure continues. So, before the summer, we were looking at the spirit of adventure. We are still looking at the spirit of adventure, but we're in a subsection now of the normal radical. So, today is about introducing this series, and we're going to kind of leave you with a bit of a question. We've got um, a couple of videos, story time, diagrams, all that kind of stuff. Very excited about it. So, as I say, welcome to the normal radical, and this is what we're going to be exploring today. So, uh, let's have a look at this first video. Okay. Are we going to have a look? That's not working. Okay. PowerPoint already failed. You just play the video. Scientists place five monkeys in the jungle and to the side a ladder with bananas on top. Every time a monkey went up the ladder, the scientists soaked the rest of the monkeys with cold water. After a while, every time a monkey went up the ladder, the others beat up the one on the ladder. After some time, no monkey dare go up the ladder regardless of the temptation. Scientists then decided to substitute one of the monkeys. The first thing this new monkey did was go to the ladder. Immediately the other monkeys beat him up. After several beatings, the new member learned not to climb up the ladder even though he never knew why. One by one, each monkey was substituted and immediately they would go for the bananas, but very soon they learnt their lessons. What was left was a group of five monkeys that even though never received a cold shower, continued to beat up any monkey who attempted to climb the ladder. The only reason they had for doing this was because they learnt from the previous monkeys. Okay, so... First instruction for this new series is no more monkey business. So, the key line for those monkeys... Oh, now it works. <laughs> okay, so at the end, if you were to ask one of the monkeys, why did you just beat up that monkey? It would say, if it could talk, I don't know, it's just what we do around here. So when we're saying no more monkey business, we mean, I don't know, it's just what we do around here. Welcome to the normal radical. Dad. Not the time, Mike. So during this time, when we're continuing the spirit of adventure, um, we felt that it's absolutely critical that we understand the, the basic reason, the heart 
behind the things that we do. We have values. Uh, values are important. We build according to values. But unless we understand and catch God's heart for the purpose, otherwise we end up doing things like, well, uh, we serve because it's what we do here. The problem is, that doesn't satisfy God. He wants us to serve through loving one another, as one expression of loving one another. So, what we're going to seek to do, and really, guys, the only way this is going to work is if we open our hearts for the Holy Spirit to, to bring things to us. Otherwise, to be honest, we just go through things that we all sort of know about and frankly could get a bit boring and miserable. So a rediscovering of the fundamental heart of God, which is to do with why we are, how we are. Now, actually, um, from the outside, you could look at things, and sometimes people do and think, yeah, yeah, well, I've, I've been to that type of meeting before, and kind of that. I, think, I would hope that we come to understand that in the goodness of God, he set us upon a course that was was very significantly different in order that he might, not just us, but uh, use us as part of a great company of people that would be raised up to show genuinely and accurately what is like in the earth. The danger is, if we end up just doing things because they're familiar, like in this clip about the monkeys, we don't minister... We don't actually demonstrate the very heart behind the, God, the purpose of God in showing these things. On the outside, yeah, it's good, nice and fine. But to actually catch the true heart behind it, to actually understand uh, and receive a motivation, oh, oh, yeah, so this is what we do, we do this with the money and we do this and, and we have these leaders and they do that. I mean... I'm trusting that God will help us to really grasp something because then, and here's the interesting bit, we got to find not just what was radical in the past. When I say radical, I'm talking about radically different, something that goes right back to the root, right back to the heart. We've got to find, and this is, I think, critical for us as a company of people at this time, that we find what is it, what is... This next expression of shared life. What is this next expression of loving one another? What is a radical expression, something that goes to the real heart of things, in this current day and age? Otherwise, what happens is we carry on merrily in something, in expressions that were kind of relevant in the past. When we were asking God what's next and he came with this spirit of adventure. Up until this point, we'd largely been looking kind of outwards and uh, at things which we as a company of people are being called to do. Things like buildings and sending teams to funny places and all this kind of thing. Now, as well as continuing to do those things, as well as continuing to hear God about a personal spirit of adventure. Are we still on that? You done it this week? Lord, what you got in mind for me? 
that kind of takes me out of the ordinary, that takes me into a, a bit of adventure. Lord, what, what have you got lined up for me this week? What is your good pleasure this week? See, we're individuals as well as a corporate group. So as well as those things continuing, right now we're looking to God to help us to come back to catch the very heart of the thing so that we might then also find out and learn what would be relevant expressions. Now, we don't have to throw away everything that we've learned from the past. See, the Bible says that a wise steward brings forth from the treasury things old and new. And it's important. It's important, and as you go through, you'll see this, that some of the things which were radical in the past, you think, well, that's nothing. We always do that. That's how it is. Well, that's good. But what has God got next? Is this it? Are we, have we reached a kind of zenith of what we're going to be? Is there nothing more that we could do that accurately expresses God? Can we just do what we do better? Well, I hope so. We all want to grow. But beyond that, I think these are time to explore what would be new, what would be different, what is in the plan and purpose of God as we seek to live in a way which is not religious, but fundamentally akin to what God wants. Okay, so we're called to live radically different. Our values are as radical today as they were when they were first discovered uh, 30, 40 years ago. But yet we live them in our normal lives. So that's why we've got the, the, two, the two contradictory words, because it should be radical, but we live them normally, but they shouldn't be normal. It's confusing. So over this series, we're going to um, have three main, three main ways of looking at, at the, the stuff that God's wanting us to look at. So um, we're going to have presentations, and the presentations will be kind of like a normal Sunday morning, but with uh, different interactive bits thrown in, whether it's live studio audience votes or scenarios, letters to editor things like that that we, can, that we can discuss together. And during these presentations, we're going to revise, revisit, and rediscover the values. What were the things that God has told us to build upon? We're going to have one Tuesday a month, we're going to come together at Castle Point, and we're going to refresh our expression of those values. So we're going to look, is this... Is this right? Is this still up to date? Is this appropriate? Are we expressing our values in the most appropriate way? And then we're going to use development groups to really test the new expression. So the things that we come up with, we're going to actually, you're going to do like a little laboratory experiment to see, okay, well, how about we try something like this? And you test it and you see, okay, no, it works. And that's the point where it really touches down, is in, your, in, that, in that group that you've committed to um, share life with. But in all of this, I warn you, don't do drag and drop. Okay, everyone in the computer world knows drag and drop. Let's just see what I mean by drag and drop. Now, if, next time I click it, it's going to work. 
Oh, okay. Okay, no one can read that from their stupid PowerPoint. Okay, so what it, what it was there was rethinking integrity, and you open the folder that says same old stuff, and you drag and drop it into another teaching on integrity. Now, I want you to avoid doing that in your mindset, because we will be looking at stuff that we've looked at many, many, many times, but we open up our hearts to say, God, what are you saying? It's not same old stuff. This is still to be radical and revolutionary today. So just to give you a couple of definitions to to guide you, um, we'll be talking a lot about values. These are our guiding guiding principles. For example, serving is one of our very key strong values. And we'll be talking about expressions, which is the application of that value. What does it look like? How have we demonstrated serving? Ideas like the set-up team, stewarding, children's work are examples of serving. They're expressions, but the value is key. So, for instance, if for some reason we had no more children in the youth, in the, in the church, we wouldn't still do children's work because we don't need that expression. The fact that we still have children means we still need to do that area of serving. If we didn't have a building that needed to be set up, we probably wouldn't do a, have a set-up team anymore. But because we do... That's the expression of serving. So, there's something for everyone in this series. This lovely little diagram here. So, imagine with me that um, on this, that's the y-axis. Okay. Um, We've got the application, how well you express what we're talking about. And so, if you're active, you're in the upper boxes. If you're inactive, you're in the lower boxes. We're also talking about the depth of knowledge. So if you're far to the left, you don't really know much about the basis of our values. If you're to the other side, then you've got extensive knowledge. You know all the verses and scriptures and all that kind of stuff. And then the depth of it is time. If your experience has been recent or it's been historic. Okay, so through the series, we're trying to get everyone... So let's just have a little breakdown of that. So if you're the um, orange or, or pink box, then you don't really know the values and you've not really had much expression, uh, experience of applying those values. So you might be fresh in, you just see people doing odd things, um, keep referring to odd terms. Um, this series is for you. If you've... Um, You've learned some of the reasons behind, um, or you, you understand the, the verses and the biblical basis for the values, but yet you don't really see how it works out in real life. You're either the, the blue or the red. If you're the green or purple, um, you've got limited knowledge, but lots of recent and historical stories of those values. So you can't say the reason why. In some cases, you're kind of like the monkeys. You, you know it's what you do, um, but you don't really know why it's done. If you're the yellow box, 
you can quote chapter and verse of all the values that we talk about, and you can tell stories. But all of those stories have happened years back. And there's nothing that's been radical or exciting or fresh in the last little while. It's become kind of boring, kind of systematic, kind of, eh, just kind of going along with the motion. What we want to do is we want to get to here. We want the knowledge and the application to come with recent examples. That's where we want to be. And that's the point of no more monkey business. Now, just to give us a little bit of practice, we're going to do a lot of deconstructing and reconstructing in this series. We're going to break down ideas and then rebuild them in different ways. I want to give you this, this video for you to look at um, to provoke you a little bit. And some of you would have already seen this. And I want you to think, what's like us? What's not like us? And should we change anything in accordance to it? And you're going to discuss that with the person next to you once it's done. You can't stop it. It's coming to a town near you. It used to be called contemporary. Some call it relevant. We're so cool, we call it contempervent. Young hip guy welcoming all with gravity and cool glasses. I welcome everybody with arms wide open, revealing my tattoo so you know I have a past. Quirky transition to band. Invite everyone to stand. Let's do it. This is the song that everyone knows. It's the song that everyone knows. My new song. Nobody knows, nobody knows this song I want you to learn this song And buy my record in the bookstore after the service I just want to invite the ushers up as we prepare for our offering Hmm Feel free to give if you feel led. It's between you and God, but we're tracking it. One man has all the answers. I have all the answers. Showing a picture of a puppy and or a baby from an impoverished third world nation speaking softly to draw you in and then emphatically driving home my point long pause whispering repetition still pausing pained expression long prayer so that the worship leader can get back on stage this is the closing song 
soon to your town. A new kind of church. You will be lifted high and challenged to grow. We call that Grotivation. You call this Sunday morning. So, in with the person next to you, or if you don't like them, try and dilute them with some other people. Um, I want you to think, what was like us, what is not like us, and should we make any changes in the light of what you've just seen? So either we're doing something that you think, oh gosh, we do that, we shouldn't do that, or you're thinking, that's a great idea, we should do that. So I'll give you a few minutes, talk to the person next to you, and I'm going to get some answers. Okay. Hello. Let me get let me get some thoughts. Um, all right, Eureka age people. Answer any of those questions that you'd like. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness, you guys are as unresponsive as you was on Friday. Andy, you're not Eureka age, however much you try. Josiah. Okay, alright, so we need someone to show their tattoos. Right. Paul, Paul, you got one? You show it off? There we go. Okay, we got, we got a tattoo going. That was, that was in his rocky past. Any, anything else? Uh, Sadie. Wait, run, Jacob, run. Um, the guy at the front said he has all the answers, and that's not true. You need, like, what you're saying is coming from God. So okay, so you disagree with that? Yeah. So you don't think I know all the answers? Um. <laughs> okay. Um, let's take someone from this section. Anything that you thought... That, uh, anything that you saw and you thought, oh gosh, we do, we're a bit like that. Beck. We've all thought, thank goodness, as a song I know. <laughs> or, or, or can sing. Okay, yes, yeah. So, so that makes you think, okay, well, is that okay that I'm relieved when it's a song that I know? Okay. Um, any, anyone else for that particular answer? And, Sorry, not that answer. Okay, go, go with what one you got, Andy. I was just very concerned. There's nothing at all about the congregation. It was all the people at the front. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a, good, a good point. It was all about what was up on stage. Okay. Um, Andrew. I do think it's a good idea that we teach all the worship leaders to sing like Bruce Springsteen. Yes, yes, okay, all right. Uh, where, Mark, where's Mark? Mark, we can add that in. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, anything that, that you saw there, maybe over this section, Jacob, anything that you saw that you thought, oh, that's a good idea, we should do something like that? Um, their PowerPoints would have worked. This is why they didn't let the audience talk. Okay. Okay. A- anything else that you think, oh, that's a good idea, we should do that. We should definitely have the, the, the calls that make you cry when it's time to put the offering round. More worship leaders. Cool worship leaders. There's something about people that I'm quite close to here that are using this as an opportunity to beat people. Okay. Um, any other comments on that? Anything that you think? Okay, Jacob, run. Sorry, I just wanted to make him run all the way here. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of a closing prayer or song because sometimes it's like, okay, that's a go home. Okay. So I like the idea so nice, of, kind nice. of just bringing everyone together at the end. Okay. Refocusing. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's, some, there's some things that we can be provoked in here. I, I like it because it just is a very light-hearted way of poking, poking fun at kind of the way that the Sunday mornings have become kind of more professional. And it's a, it's a challenge for us because there are things in there that are really good ways of teaching that, like, I've been, I was saying to Jacob, I've been thinking since I've watched that, how can I balance an umbrella, uh, uh, a broom on my hand and be writing on a flip chart at the same time and think, what message could I teach through that? <laughs> yes. Yes. My goodness, I've got a rough audience today, haven't I? <laughs> All right. So, there's things that we can learn, but 
let's go back to what is the value behind these things? And I was asking to Jacob, like, was there anything like that sticks out to you from the way that uh, kind of does it remind you of certain aspects of Soul Survivor? And he was saying, yeah, the, like the, the title package of the questions in between, and like. Is there anything wrong with that? Is it is a good space to, to use it for questions? And so there's, there's things like that that just they're different. They might not be wrong. It depends what, what the basis behind it. And the same with the like, sometimes I've wondered when we have the plinky plinky on the keyboard going during a time of response. Like, well, there's certain chords that do just want to make you cry. And is it okay? Is that manipulation to be using music in that way at that time, or is that is it biblically based? But these are the kind of questions that I want us to be asking. Otherwise, we're just continuing with the same monkey business. Another thing, I, I mentioned um, that we're, we're, we're mixing a few things up. Anyone read the newsletter this morning? <laughs> I'm getting by reaction that people, people did. When did you have a chance to read this? On the toilet. <laughs> okay, now, we're, again, in the small groups where you are, did anything jar with you? Did anything <laughs> not feel quite right? What didn't feel like us? I'm going to give you a few minutes to talk to the people next to you. Okay. We um Hello <laughs> Gonna do what we do with the youth. It works with whatever age group you're with. So we had a lot of fun with this. Um, and there was a debate whether we gave it out when you first arrived like normal or if yeah, that would be too controversial but 
uh, we decided you guys could hack it. And watching from the back was hilarious. A lot of people like... <laughs> we even had Nathan come to the back to complain to Avril. Are you aware of this? So this was, um, Sue Griffin brought a team together um, to to write this, and they had a lot of fun, but we really appreciate them really hammering this out. And so, um, what were the kind of things that just didn't feel quite like us? (laughs) Telling people off on the front page of the newsletter. Okay, telling people, but, but it's interesting because... Don't, don't people need to be told off if they've left the toilet in a bad way? <laughs> okay, Heidi. Um, when I saw the front, I was like, I'm sure that's not us, but something must have happened. But then turning over the page and instantly reading the welcome, I'm just thinking, this is not us. And I think at that point I started to twig, but I'm just thinking, this is not our heart, and you instantly it jarred. Okay, so... What, what was it about the welcome that felt... Oh, Jacob, <laughs> you can run over. What was it about the welcome that didn't feel like us? Um, it just impersonal. We would meet people and chat to them. It wouldn't be, oh, just go find out for yourself at the back. That's not who we are. Okay, all right. What, what else stood out? Owen. Then I'm going to ask Eureka to give us one as well. Um, with the Tanzania appeal, the... It, it comes across as quite forceful, just a little bit. Um, and I don't think that's well, how we do things. Like with the offering, it has to be your own sacrifice. You can't be forced into it because it's all about your heart. And if your heart's not right in giving, then there's no point, basically. But, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so again, there's a, something that didn't fit right. And then it was coming back to what is the value? We get, it's not, the problem wasn't, oh, it's Tanzania. We don't do Tanzania. No, there was something about the, the heart in there. Okay, Eureka Age. Josiah, and then I want someone that's not said anything from Eureka Age. Uh, you know the young people have it too easy these days. <laughs> that is true. That one's true. Are you planning to sell us into slavery? <laughs> the problem was that that was actually in the real one and they just got left in. Okay, but we, but we have a value in serving, but that's not our approach. That's not, not why we believe in serving. And so it irks you, it sticks out, but then it forces you to think, what? why wouldn't we say that? What is wrong with that? Okay, someone else from Eureka Age. State-of-the-art noise reduction technology. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Um, part that stuck out to me the most was Situated at the back of the hall, it can hold up to 50 children standing <laughs> and is fully air-conditioned for their comfort. But what, what, what's wrong with that? Um, <laughs> we wouldn't we would air-condition it. <laughs> so there's a waste of power. I think it's a fire safety hazard. A fire safety hazard. So that, that was a, your objection. Okay. Anyone else has any other objection to that article? Oh, Debbie, head of children's work. <laughs> I was going to say children's elect workers' election. Children's oh, right. well, let, let me let me get an answer to that first one, and then we go on to you on that one. Okay. Well, 
who, who else would have an objection to the state-of-the-art noise reduction technology? Yeah, I, I think it should be bigger for adults as well. Claire Asplin at the back. Just merely indicating families aren't welcome and that children are a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying that my boys weren't. <laughs> we could build one just for Tim. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it, it doesn't show our value of investing in children, but that, that we promote families and that makes it all about the meeting and not about families. But yeah, these are questions that, that I know the core team constantly come back to. Of how do we make this uh, viable for everyone? what we do on a Sunday morning and and how do we make things accommodate the families because we believe so strongly in families but also the other things that we've got to do. And so this series is all about giving you the opportunity to be part of the decisions that go into these things. Okay, Debbie, you want to talk about children's ministry election? Is your objection you might not get voted back in? (laughs) That would be an easy life, wouldn't it, if I didn't get voted in? Yeah. Just we're, we're looking for people who've got a heart for children and who are committed to the church, committed to being part of this family, and those are the people that we want to promote with our children. Yeah. We feel as a leadership we can, we can steer that. Good. Okay. Um, anyone from this side want to comment on anything that hasn't been said so far? Fatima. Um. I mean, I passed every, from the beginning, but at the back, the prayer importance. I was just like, because they mentioned John here. <laughs> and I was like, should I take it serious or just pass it? <laughs> so, and I asked Lucy, I said, but John always says, you know, pray, there, there is no formula. And they're saying to ask him for a course. So, and I was like, that must be a trick, because that's not. <laughs> so so why, why, does that, why does that not feel right? Because if there's no formula in praying. You don't have to take a course. As long as you pray to Jesus, you open your heart. That's, I think that's all it is. And that's what we have learned. Mm-hmm. Okay. This, so, yeah. Good. Okay, well, thank you very much for your thoughts on that. Nothing escaped you. Did, put your hand up if you thought it was real. <laughs> it's all our young people who thought it was real. Who's, whose fault's that? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Next week's newsletter is going to be read so thoroughly. <laughs> we, um, the, the real one, the real newsletter will be handed out on the way out. Um, good. So, it's a fun way of looking at a very serious subject. Now, I feel it's time for story time. So, we're going to have a little bit of, of story time. And the way that we're going to do this... We want to look at what were some of the foundational values that we got and how did those things kind of, how did we stumble on these truths of God that we're now building on? And um, they, uh, there's lots of stories that were real for, for my dad and the people around him in the early days that those values are almost built into us and we can grow up into those values and not realise why it was radical at the time but then I'm saying it should still be radical today and so if it's not radical if it's normal you can do it with your eyes closed I wonder if that's an opportunity for us to reconsider 
have we got another step to go? Because we're on a pilgrimage. We, never, we don't stop. We're not willing to settle. So, I'm going to put on the screen one-liners from 16 stories. And depending on time, we will unpack some of the stories. But I want you guys to pick which stories you want to hear. So, here are the 16 stories. Some of them... Um, will be particularly interesting. Some of them you will think, I've heard this one before. So take a a couple of minutes to read all of the titles and then I'm going to give you the opportunity to pick a story and Dad's going to come and explain it to us. Okay, right. Come on up. Okay. Um, Let me take first pickings from Eureka Age. What story do you guys want to hear? Someone that's not said yet. No, you've already said. Someone else. Jen. I forbid her to die. Okay. Dad, can you tell us the story behind I Forbid Her to Die? Yeah, it was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the story was very real. Uh, It was during the time when Avril was very ill. And uh, without going into a lot of details, an illness that had gone on with... uh, very extreme situation for a very extended period of time and there was an option that she could give up that she could let the little bubble on the drip come through Uh, and I felt at that time that uh, the exercise of of what I would call spiritual authority is not just something for meetings or uh, things like that it was a time when we could exercise and that was the words that I used Uh, I felt uh, I was speaking the word of the Lord uh, and we were discovering I think something about spiritual authority is applied to real life and uh, so I forbade her to die so there you go you blame me now (laughs) and so that was one of the times it might not be kind of the start of that value it was definitely the development of that value that we can actually speak to situations and expect something to change because of it. And so when we get together for things like governmental prayer, there is a belief that we can actually change things because of the authority that God's given us. That was one of the points where that story was formed. Okay, uh, so, okay Miriam, what story do you want to hear? John's neighbour will be splattered with blood. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, um, because we followed the the truth of loving God, loving one another, the issue of relationship has been absolutely key. Well, you cannot have genuine relationship unless you're prepared to open your heart 
and make yourself vulnerable. You can have friendship, you can have pals, but the connection of genuine relationship requires a measure of openness, of vulnerability, which means that you're open to take, be taken advantage of and uh, to be have your throat cut or uh, stabbed in the back. And that's an experience that part of the, uh, part of the pursuing genuine relationship is something that has happened a number of times and so uh, one of these fellow ministries was talking and in fact actually used it in teaching to say if you walk with him uh, someone somewhere is always cutting his throat so you'll get covered in blood it was a fairly kind of graphic way of describing the fact that relationship has a cost and it's had a vulnerability and yet, we also discover the things that you suffer for, you become more passionate about. And so, throughout our history, particularly Dad's history, we'll see the countless times where he'd been stabbed in the back by people, but yet there's been a willingness to continue to put his heart on the line and be open, because he could have then built in defense mechanisms where you hold people at arm's length, but... Every time he made the decision to say, no, I will not defend myself, I allow God to defend me, has meant that we've stayed a relational community. Otherwise, we would have become a systematic organisation that does things and then withdraws. Okay, someone over here, pick a story. Okay, Keisha. Okay, dug a big hole and buried a car. What was that about? I mean... You see me as sober and sensible. And really, I've always been like that, but occasionally I was led astray. We were exploring, doing things together, sharing life. I don't know why we did it. I'm sure it wasn't my idea. But we had this old car that we needed to get rid of. And we decided, in this big garden that Dawn's brother had, we decided... Well, why don't we all just work together because we want to work together, we're enjoying working and playing together, we're sharing life. Let's dig a big hole and bury it. So in Crow Lane, somebody, some point, is going to discover... <laughs> there will probably be some murder inquiry that takes place, but I assure you there was no body inside. So that, that was at a time where the... The very early roots of what is now Lifeline Church was being developed and it was about being close to people and doing things together because before that the context was you went to a meeting, you fellowshiped with the back of the person's head in front of you, um, you got up at the end, said goodbye and you didn't see them for a week. So the idea of being together and doing stuff together, however crazy it was, like burying a car, um, they were exploring what real community looks like. And probably discovered how messy and hard, hard work it is to build community, particularly when you're trying to bury a car. Okay, someone over here, a story. Yes. Okay. Slept across the doorway to protect the girls. Yeah, we took a team to Dominica uh, in the early days. And we were going to different, really um, taking the team to a couple of different churches 
and we arrived having journeyed from one to the, uh, to the other fairly late in the day and we found the accommodation that they provided uh, we just didn't feel comfortable about it we felt it was not secure it was the place where our sisters were going to be and uh, there was a lot of uh, what should we say dubious sort of stuff going on in, the, in that vicinity and so um, we couldn't change much about the accommodation at that point um, but Bob Baker uh, who was uh, head of Valentine's that was on that team decided that he would actually lay down and sleep across the doorway to their accommodation so that nobody could go uh, nobody could get in there and uh, like that he would he would guard them and I, I suppose it was again learning expressions of of serving where the need is, being prepared to do things at our own discomfort and uh, inconvenience and caring for others sufficiently to kind of uh, put our life on the line in some, in some respects. Yeah, so. And so that, that value continues as serving in the need and not in our convenience. That was very inconvenient for him and that's been a value that we've hung on to. Um, Okay, we've got time for about two more. Yes. Unknown man became richer while we became poorer. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Oh, this was, this was an interesting one because, um, and the again we're going back to the early times. Church was was growing rapidly, and. The expenses to run the church were greater than the income that was coming in uh, because people hadn't probably yet, uh, in the early days and in the early walk, hadn't yet understood about the, the uh, sacrifice of giving. And it was at that time that I really felt God say to me, take 10% of the income and set it aside for a purpose I will tell you. So I had this discussion with, with God saying, Lord, have you seen the accounts? Have you seen the book? Do you understand? Which is interesting because I'm now asking the creator of the universe if he understands our little, little book of accounts. But we did what he said. And it was an intriguing time because there was this money piling up. Um, and meanwhile, we were, we were struggling to, to exist on, from a financial point of view. But eventually, and we didn't know this, eventually he began to tell us, use it for this, use it for that. And actually, um, out of that came the whole thing of uh, Lifeline Network International and all the things we've done overseas. But it, it started from that base of doing something which you really couldn't understand but we felt that's what God was saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, last story. And we... <laughs> okay, yeah, we go for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Basically, the message most people absolutely love, whatever flavour of church they're in, uh, there's been a a wide level of, of acceptance of, 
the message. The problem comes when people begin to see that we are uh, about applying the message, not just teaching it, being doers, not just hearers of the word. And so uh, across a whole range of things, uh, when they became aware that this message threatened the sort of status or position of one-man ministry, uh, threatened the lack of integrity, called forth a serving where the need was, all the things that we, we talk about, then uh, they began to turn against us. And uh, that was both here uh, in the denomination which published against us and uh, uh, across the Caribbean where um, one of Hans's relatives banned me from the whole of the Caribbean. But I've forgiven Hans and his family. So, uh, so yeah, and uh, very, I mean, a number of occasions like that. So there was a particular situation where you had to stand up to the apostle of that particular ministry that you were serving under. He'd been your spiritual mentor. Um, your collection of churches were were kind of under his ultimate leadership and he'd asked you to re- reinstate a leader and you didn't feel that it was appropriate. At that time, no one said no to this guy. Mm-hmm. And even you had kind of you were living within that kind of authoritarian leadership, so it was a shock for you even to need to say no. It was a a very big move because we were so utterly committed to churches being established on the foundation of apostles and prophets and because we had such a a very close relationship, uh, we were caught between uh, what we would automatically do, receive somebody, receiving the direction, the instruction, and something which basically went against our own sense of conscience and what was right before God. So uh, full well knowing that uh, not only could, uh, could I be history, but uh, the, 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 the church as we knew it at that time could utterly disintegrate given that we believe that if you take a foundation away from a building, then the building collapses. Uh, so, but if you know that God is saying something, what choice do you have? We chose to do that, and the rest of the leaders chose to stay, stand with us. And uh, within a year, uh, the apostle came back to say that he now understood that there were concrete reasons for the concerns which we had raised at that time. So So a lot of these decisions at at the time, they were actually all forming the DNA that flows through us now. And what I'm excited about this series is a time of going back to those foundational values that were formed and thinking, how do we now live this? What is an appropriate way to find the new radical of what has become normal. All right, that's the end of story time. Thank you. So if there's more stories that you wanted to hear, tough. (laughs) Um, I'm sure if you remember them and ask him, he he may remember what they were about. So here's our big question. Is the expression of our values still relevant? So while thinking about this, I've been thinking, for, for some of us, 
like when we looked at that, that diagram, some of this might be all brand new. For some of us, it might seem same old, same old. And um, Avril was talking to um, one of the more experienced members of our church about what we're going to be doing with this series. And the actual quote was, oh no, it's not Bones of Joseph, Mark 8, is it? (laughs) And we will be touching those same things. But I ask you, don't drag and drop it into that folder. Because God is calling us to rediscover and reapply these things. Now, it might be that uh, you think, okay, I know this stuff, but can you articulate it on the spot? And we're actually going to be giving people the opportunity to articulate our values on the spot. How confident are you to be able to say why we do what we do? Is our expression relevant? Years back, when... Avril was telling me, when, when she first joined the church, every single person in the, fam- in the church was connected to a family. You'd expect to find them at their house. So before mobile phones, when you had landlines, you'd call that person at their home. If they weren't there, you'd say, okay, well, let me call the family that that person's connected to. And you'd find them there most of the time. They didn't have to make an appointment. They'd do holidays together. There was just a natural flow. Now we have... People that are single within our church that don't have a family to go to. They don't have a place of belonging. They haven't been drawn into families. Is that okay? Have we lost one of our values? Have we, have we not got an expression that's relevant? Could we put it down to the fact that, well, these days people have mobile phones. You don't just turn up someone's house. You text them before. So it's still the same. We just use technology. Or do we say, well, also, we we virtually connect all the time. We're on WhatsApp, we're calling like that, so we don't need to be in each other's houses. Or is it because our single people still have parents in the church, so that's their place of belonging? Or is the pace of life busier now than it ever used to be, so there's not the time to connect in that same way? Is it okay, or is there something that we need to express differently? Is the community hub in danger of replacing friendship evangelism? Can we go and do outreach and then come home again? Who from the hub has been into your house for a meal? Is it okay that at times we've switched off the hub during holidays? Is it okay that I have spare rooms in my house whilst there are families in the churches? in the church that are squashed? Has organising meals for new mothers become systematic? Do we do it because it's what we do? Or does it flow out of real relationship, meeting a real need? If it's valuable, is it okay to employ someone to organise it? Do we honestly have all things in common? I can go around and borrow my dad's tools whenever he's out the country. But can Richard Hilton borrow my car whenever he needs it? In the old days, when you got insurance, you would get open insurance so that anyone could use your car. No one can use my car. When, um, when the Paisleys had their car stolen, Hans lent them his car and he got the bus to work so that they could have a vehicle to use. He said at the time, if serving 
isn't sacrificial, then it's not serving. That's radical. That's normal radical. How would you feel if I turned up on your doorstep, uninvited? How many opportunities could we be missing to express our values without even realising it? We have an opportunity to see God come through in all these things. It's an opportunity to take our families on an adventure. Even before we know how it would all work out. The values that we hold are radical to those outside of us. But when was the last time those values blew your hair back? Are we still living in them in the same degree? Or are we becoming familiar and professional with what we do? Have we devised the most efficient way to do it so that it doesn't interrupt our lives? When should our serving overlap with social services? And when should we not recreate what social services should do? Is it the government's job to provide for people in need, even amongst us? How do we do that differently? These are some of the questions that we're going to be facing in this series, and I want you guys to be part of unpacking it and putting it back, to get back again. You just heard some of Dad's stories. That was then. But what is it now, and what is it for us? The adventure continues. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to bring fresh revelation and application. And we've got permission to deconstruct and reconstruct the appropriate expression of our values. Welcome to the spirit of adventure, the normal radical. So before we conclude, let us just do exactly that. Let's stand together. Lord, we said already that if you didn't help us, this would be futile. So right now, Lord, together we come into agreement to ask you to help us to examine what you want the expressions that you want that are real, that show what you're like in these days. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being on a pilgrimage. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of this spirit of adventure. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to be bold, not to leave any kind of stone unturned, no area, as it were, uh, prohibited, that we may indeed explore what you have for us as a relevant, real expression of who you are in coming days. Amen. If you would like prayer this morning for healing or for anything that you particularly feel that God is saying, then the prayer team will be here.